Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. We're going to talk Football World Cup with an Australian in exile in the UK. John Davidson, mate, uh, how through the roof were you and how sober are you right now? <laughs> uh, pretty shocked and, and amazed still. Um, yeah, going through to the round of 16 for the first time since 2006. It's uh, pretty amazing stuff for Australian football. Yeah, massive. I mean, and get, uh, correct me if I'm wrong here, but I don't think any Australia, even the most ardent Australian football fan, except maybe... Robbie Slater, with his love and with Graham Arnold, um, expected this, right? Because everybody was like, Arnie's not the great coach that we need. He's had probably out of his depth. It's probably the most average Socceroos squad we've sent to a World Cup um, for a long time. I mean, it doesn't have doesn't really have any stars, a lot of journeyman um, players. This this wasn't supposed to happen. This wasn't on the script. Yeah, that's exactly right. I think, um, you know, I think we we rate our luck to, to qualify on penalties against Peru and then, you know, the draw... Uh, with with France, Denmark, and Tunisia, we were, you know, uh, hoping not, I guess, to to be embarrassed really. So they've they've massively overachieved, and two wins out of three games is is a is a fantastic result that a few people would have picked. Given that how many of these uh, Australian players play in Scotland, uh, what does that say about the SPL? <laughs> yeah, I think the uh, the Scotteroos is a is a fair share. I mean, Harry Harry Souter has has been immense. Um, obviously, Martin Boyle's uh, injured, but he's, he's there with the squad and, you know, sort of playing a, a bit of team morale role. But, yeah, a number of uh, A-League players have gone over to, to, to Scottish football and, and doing well. And there's a, there's a massive Scottish uh, influence on this team. So uh, as long as a, as long as with an A-League influence. So I think that, you know, bodes well for the A-League considering how well some of those players have been doing. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I mean, you could argue that... Uh... Australia, outside of Harry Suter, Australia's most impressive player has been Craig Goodwin, who's still running around for, for Adelaide. Um, it, it really has put their focus, I think, on the A-League. Seven, I think it is, players out of the Aussie, 27, uh, 26 play in the A-League, including Leckie, who scored today, of course, and I've already mentioned Craig Goodwin, who scored uh, the goal against France. Uh, what do you think that does for the A-League as a as a league and, and maybe as somewhere that clubs in Europe can go shopping? Yeah, I think I think it's massive for the A League, just massive for Australian football in general. I mean, you, if you've seen the scenes uh, of people celebrating in, in Melbourne and just the general reaction, I think it, it puts the A League more on the map. It, it gives a lot more media coverage to football, which has probably been, in terms of media coverage, was on the wane uh, for a couple of years, and it's just great, great publicity as well as you know um, a great lead up before the Women's World Cup, which have obviously been Australia and New Zealand next year. So. It's just, yeah, it's hard to um, underplay how, how big it is um, getting through the round of 16. And obviously uh, Argentina and a, a little bloke called Lionel Messi next. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I couldn't help but think, you know, the last time you got to the round of 16 was 2006. And I think you got beaten then by eventual champions Italy. Um with a, it wasn't a controversial penalty at all that. I, and we didn't see a controversial penalty in Argentina's game this morning. So no parallels. <laughs> no, no, no. I think the um, the 2000 game probably rankles 
still that um, Australia didn't go more for the throat with a man advantage after Matarazzi got uh, set off. But um, yeah, it's a it's a it's a huge challenge. Obviously, you can't underestimate how big uh, that game is. But you know, just to get through the group, I think um, you know is is is, is a, a fantastic achievement. You've got to give credit to Graham Arnold. He's he's been maligned by a lot of people. Um, and, you know, he doesn't have a job uh, once the World Cup's finished, but, you know, he's, he's looking decent for a, for a new contract with the Socceroos, the way he's going at the moment. Yeah, so that's the, that's, the, uh, that's the thing. I mean, I think there's a lot of people in Australian football who were hoping that they'd see the back of him. I think a lot of that's down to the type of football he plays, right? The way, and, and being quite pragmatic. Yeah, definitely. I think, I think you know, sometimes some of the comments uh, he's made as well probably haven't gone down as well. I think there was one earlier in the, the tournament about Aussie DNA, um, and you, you know you can kind of throw that cliche at, at any country, um, but but you know the way he's motivated this team and the way they've bounced back from the France game, which was a you know apart from a, a bright opening 15 20 minutes, it was domination by the French. I mean it, it is quite a remarkable that remarkable turnaround. So you've you've got to give him credit. Um, he's he's done a fantastic job, and you know equaled. Uh, was hitting who he was the assistant to back in 2006. Yeah, now, I mean, the two teams that you have beaten, Tunisia and Denmark, two 1-0 wins. I thought the Danes would definitely be better than the Aussies. Uh, they were disappointing. Tunisia, I thought, was probably going to be a bit more of an even game. Um, but there were times in the first half against uh, against you guys that when the Tunisia, when they turned it on, they looked uh, almost unstoppable going forward, particularly through that uh, left-back, sort of left, the centre back that channel they they seem to attack well through there. Um, to be honest, I'm I, I'm really surprised that you've got to the end of both those games without conceding. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I think um, you know you look at Denmark and Tunisia, both nations they're they're ranked higher. They've you know on paper got got better squads. You know more high quality players playing at bigger clubs, but um, you know the the Socceroos have managed to grind out two fantastic results. I mean Harry Suter has been immense um, at centre-back. I think Matt Ryan um, obviously hasn't played a lot of club football coming in. He's been fantastic. And, and Aaron Moy's really sort of thrown back the years, back to his you know Premier League days with, with Huddersfield and Brighton, and he's been sensational there. So there's just been um, you know players lifting, you know, playing above themselves and, and collectively being able to, to, to get results, which you know is, is huge. Yeah, absolutely massive, mate. I mean, tell you a guy that I'm really surprised is, um, and the way he's played, uh, and the fact that he's actually still available because I was sure that he would have picked up uh, at least two bookings in the group stages. Though is is Jackson Irvine. He does uh, he does a lot of duty work for you guys. <laughs> yeah, he's he's been great, just pressing in midfield, winning balls. Uh, you know, a very physical presence, and I think him and him and Moy have. Really worked well uh, in tandem in, in central midfield, um, and I think you know there's a number of players. Obviously, Matthew Lucky, great you know taking goal uh, uh, today, and obviously Goodwin um, you know against against France was beautiful. And, and Mitchell Dukes had I mean he's he's probably not known for that kind of headed goal, but um, you know there's there's just been you know players who've, who've really created some magnificent moments. Yeah, Parramatta Power's favourite son, Mitchell Duke. Um, can't can't write them off, mate. Can't write them off. Uh, well, let's have a look then at the uh, at the rest of the World Cup. Of course, uh, uh, on the other side of things, um, today we saw Argentina 
who the Aussies will play next, get through uh, their best performance, I think, so far, 2-0 against Poland. That, that was pretty clinical, wasn't it? They completely dominated the Poles. Yeah, they did. I mean, considering um, Poland had everything to play for as well, it was disappointing for them. I think a bit of a, a dodgy penalty call, uh, well, penalty won by Messi uh, in that first half, but apart from that, it was, yeah, it was domination from, from Argentina, and they've bounced back after that, you know, that really shock uh, loss to Saudi Arabia in their, their opener. What do you think Graham Arnold will be looking at? Um, given you've got the Argies next. I mean, you know, the Aussies play Saudi Arabia a fair bit in and around, you know, Asian qualifying, Asian Cup, things like that. Uh, so, you know, they're a team that you'll know reasonably well. Anything you think he can take from that opening game to use in this uh, round of 16 game? Yeah, I, I think it's more of the same in terms of the approach. I don't think he's going to make a lot of changes. He's, he's stuck mostly with the same 11, apart from um, right back where, you know, we've... It's been um, Atkinson and Karacic and then uh, Milos Degenek, uh today. So I think you'll keep the same formation, the same, the same players, you know, injury uh, permitting and, you know, look to be quite compact, but, but press when, when needed against Argentina. And, and obviously, um, you know, I guess you kind of frustrate them. They're, they've got world-class ability everywhere. And, you know, I think the French game showed what a, a high-powered opponent can do, but the self-belief is, is definitely there. They're, they're really riding a wave of momentum at the moment. Mm, yeah, they are. They are. It's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Uh, what have you made of the Poms so far, mate? Uh, I thought, you know, they dominated the second half against the Welsh, uh, but were pretty poor, really, uh, against the, both the US and in that first half against the Welsh. Yeah, I, I think they've looked good. I mean, I think the USA have always been a, historically a, a tough opponent for them. You know, they've got a, a pretty bad record against America, um, and at the end of the day, they've they've won two and drawn one and, and topped their group, so I think they've done what they, they needed to do. They they are, I think, you know, they're, they're primed for a good World Cup and, you know, uh, I think, you know, top four um, semi-final spot, but I think if the way it works out, if they beat Senegal, they're most likely to face France in the quarterfinal, um, and that is a, a huge challenge. I mean, um, I think you know France will be very, very dangerous and very tough to beat. Obviously, the the defending champions. So, if they can get past France, and they are really in a good chance of winning the World Cup. But um, yeah, I think after the first game, particularly in the UK, there was a lot of celebrations, and then after the USA game, a lot more sort of coming back down to earth, um, probably uh, appropriately. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think so. Of course, you mentioned uh, the the French. Uh, they um, had a win. Uh, sorry, had a loss this morning, but they changed their entire eleven, which I didn't actually see coming. I thought they'd just want to keep the momentum up, but he's pretty much given everybody in the squad a run now. Yeah, I mean, it, it is quite a short turnaround with this World Cup. It is a bit condensed. Obviously, we're we're playing at the wrong time, so I think there was nine changes, um, and then he brought Mbappe on for the last thirty minutes. So. Um, it was, you know, an interesting strategy. Uh, I guess, um, you know, just looking ahead to, to further the tournament, and we'll we'll see how that plays out, whether it works or not. Um, it remains to be seen. Yeah, we'll have to see, mate. We'll have to keep an eye on that. What are, what have you made of the Dutch? They have been uh, some people's dark horses. Um, they have won that group. Of course, they play the US next. Um, they haven't had Memphis Depay for the first two games. He's been recovering from a hamstring injury. I think he makes a big difference in that team. Uh, do you rate them as an opportunity as, as a chance to to go deep? Yeah, I think they do. I mean, they don't they don't seem to have perhaps some you know standout players 
uh, like they have in the in the past, you know, with your your Cruyffs and your Bergkamps, etc. But they do they do have a very very talented squad, and they've they've shown you know a lot of class. I think um, without without completely obliterating anyone, they've you know they've they've easily topped their group. So I think they can do some some damage in this World Cup. They're always a a team that knows how to get to the latter stages, you know, and they're, they're still searching for that that World Cup uh, full win, which um, would obviously be massive for for their country. Yeah, it'd be absolutely huge. Uh, we have a, uh, of course, uh, we're halfway through the third round now, but uh, we've still got uh, a lot to be decided at this World Cup. Uh, coming up tomorrow, uh, probably the big game is Croatia-Belgium. Um, Belgium, you know, that golden generation are looking looking pretty uh, pretty haggard, lots of infighting in camp by, by the sounds of things, and uh, this Croatian team just keeps ticking over. I, I, it's hard to see Belgium getting a win here, the way things have been going. Yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's a little surprising um, how poor they were in their, their last game. Obviously, you know, Croatia finalists in, in 2018, but the one thing about this World Cup, and obviously we, we saw it um, a couple of hours ago, there, there just seems to be a lot of upsets, mm. um, a lot of unexpected results. You're never really sure how a game's going to pan out. Obviously, you know, with with Saudi Arabia winning and um, you know Japan uh, winning as well. So yeah, it's, I, I really can't call it. I mean, you, you probably think Croatia should have the edge, but um, there's still plenty of talent in that Belgian team if they can, you know, put their differences aside and uh, get back to playing together. Yeah, no Lukaku uh, so far this tournament, so I don't know if they're going to. Risk, risk him in that game, but it might be all or nothing. There, Morocco should have too much for Canada though in the other Group F game, and they should uh, submit themselves a, a playoff spot, uh, a round of sixteen spot, I should say. Yeah, again, I, I would imagine so. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if if Canada somehow pulled out a shock, but you know, I think I think Morocco are much stronger opponents, and um, they were fairly disappointing against Croatia. I think the the Croatians were were not short of. of motivation after some of the Canadian comments as well. And then the uh, Group E games uh, kick off at 8 o'clock New Zealand time tomorrow. Costa Rica, Germany, you'd think the Germans would win that. And then Japan, Spain. Uh, if Germany beat Costa Rica, then a, a draw Japan, Spain is good enough for both of them. That's what I'm backing at the TAB. What do you reckon? Yeah, I mean, uh, you would think, you know, Germany would be massive favourites. Costa Rica, very defensive team. Um and against Spain, I mean, they were they were outstanding in their first game. You, you'd think they'd have too much for Japan, but I think Japan are you know no one's no no walkover. Um, they've got they've got quality as well, and you know they'll they'll be riding high after their their first um, their first result uh, against Germany. So uh, we'll we'll see. Yeah, we'll definitely have to keep an eye on that one, mate. I'm looking forward to it. And then uh, finally, um, Brazil still favourites for you. Uh, even without Neymar, yeah, I, th- I, th- I think they're they're looking decent. I mean, uh, their last game it took them quite a while to sort of break uh, their opponents down and get the get the winner, but um, they're just sort of maybe a bit more pragmatic than than some of the Brazilian teams at the past. But um, you know, so much so much quality. They look quite united. They look pretty focused. Um, they've, they've definitely got to be one of the favourites to, to go all the way. Yeah, we'll keep an eye on those games on Saturday morning. Uh, 
John, I know that we've been talking football and I know you cover football, but you also cover the Super League in depth in the UK as well. Uh, big rumours on the internet the last couple of days that Owen Farrell is going to go and sign for Wigan. Uh, I saw Skybet started refusing to take bets on this, uh, which is the one thing that made me go, maybe there is something to this. What have you heard and how likely do you think it is? Yeah, I mean, it's, I've not I've not heard anything specific apart from the rumours. There's not sort of been official denials. It does, um, on the one hand, it does seem fairly uh, far-fetched in that, um, you know, he's he, he owns so much more in, in rugby union. He's been a, a mainstay of that national team. There's a World Cup next year. I mean, I think the only really idea in terms of a move would be if, if his name sort of, you know, uh, Penn's been put through his name by Eddie Jones and in terms of the, the England national team. But on the other flip side of that, you know, he is a he is a Wiganer. His you know, father is a club legend. I, I remember a few years ago spotting him in the crowd at Old Trafford at a, at a Super League grand final when Wigan was playing. So I think he, he keeps a very close eye on, on Wigan and on Super League. Um, and, you know, I think with the, the legacy of his name, um, you know, he, he, he probably would like to to finish his career in league. So, you know, I think it's possible. I think it's unlikely. But, you know, if John Bateman um, does go back to the NRL as, as expected, that obviously opens up a marquee spot and, you know, a very, very healthy chunk of the salary cap that, that could entice him over. And, you know, it'd be great for rugby league in, in England, um, you know, and Super League to, to have a, a big name, a, a marquee sort of cross code signing. We haven't seen a sizable one of those for, for quite a while. No, we haven't. I mean, that would be huge. That would be a huge statement. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess there's still the, the question of whether or not Eddie Jones is going to be in charge of that team come the World Cup the way his November's gone. Yeah, it's been a really odd um, autumn test in terms of Wales, how badly they've struggled. England have struggled badly. Obviously, the Wallabies have as well. So it's just whether, you know, um, the the uh, administrations decide to, to swing the axe, you know, a year out from a World Cup or... They they stick uh, stick strong, but yeah, Eddie Jones is obviously under under huge pressure as is uh, Wayne Pivak at Wales. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, lots of pressure on those guys. Uh, lots of jobs up in the air. You got to think, John. Thanks very much for coming on, mate. Always good to chat. Uh, go well. Enjoy the rest of the World Cup, and we might even chat around that round of sixteen game, eh? Thanks, mate. Yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah, sounds good. John Davidson there with us uh, out of the UK. You can follow him on Twitter, Johnny Davidson, uh, for all your football and rugby league news from an Australian perspective based out of the UK. It is 11.22 here on SENZ. This is Mornings with Ian Smith.